10 minutes after 10 o'clock, you're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Over the weekend on Saturday, uh, you would have seen uh, the headlines. Ryazam Zanzi launching its manifesto in what seemed like a really packed out event, I must say. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, but of course, their, their manifesto, a very lengthy document. And I do encourage you all to go through it if you don't have the time to. Don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll assist you here on the Night Talk programming lineup. Uh, sometime this week, we'll be going through that thing in detail and in depth when we have a, a, a sit down with the leadership collective of Ryazam Zanzi to talk about their manifesto. But a number of interesting ideas come up without belaboring the detail of it. I want us to talk about the significance of the document, but more importantly, the significance of the event. But again, like I said, we're not going to belabor the detail, but I do want to start here, given who our guest is, Mpumlele Zigalala, uh, speaking to us this evening. Uh, you must have been raising your eyebrows, uh, Mpumlele, at, at, at some of the judicial reform stuff that they had spoken about there in, in their manifesto, which seems to have taken Twitter a storm. Definitely. Uh, good evening to you and also good evening to your listeners. And in, in fact, it then says, well, maybe let, let me start like this. The party's manifesto is what they promise, what they are promising us. So it's certain things in which they are saying, we are going to do once we get into power. If you trust, if you want us to, to, to engage in this particular process, if you agree with us, make sure that you're able to vote for us so that you can be able to have a voice. So it's one of the things in which you ought to look at when a certain political party is engaging you or is trying to persuade you to vote for them. Because as you are doing that, you then say, the constitution is very clear under section 19. I can have a right to participate and to campaign. And that right also means that I must be able to understand what I'm exactly voting for. So it's within those particular perspectives in, the, in which you must then sit and say, is this type of reform something that can be able to work for everyone? Or it is, is it specific to a certain sector of a certain society that cannot be able, be able to benefit or it cannot, be, it cannot benefit all? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Did the, did the turnout of the event uh, surprise you? Manifesto launches are a political moment, but manifesto reading isn't particularly a culturally, uh, you know, staple in South Africa's political life. Uh, did the turnout of the event, given that this party is never contested in anything, they literally fresh out the box, brand new, and they seem to have captured the imagination of some South Africans? Mm. I, I think those ones, are probably, I've always said they, they never truly reflect the true reflection of the people which are going to vote for you. But it does signal that you, you do have support, you do have people that align yourself with your political party and individuals that are saying we are going to be your promoters. So you must say for a political party that has never been there, the turnout more or less was okay or was good. And it certainly gave a perspective that it is not something which is being handled or it's not an idea that is being promoted by a few. There are a number of individuals that are there that are saying this is the party that you ought to, to, to vote for. But it will translate more on, on saying on voting day, on election day, and when the results come out, how many seats are we able to to, to, to have in, in parliament. And once we have those particular seats, what's the role of effectiveness in making sure that you're able to sway uh, the, the general participation of the majority of the members in parliament so that they're able to align with your principles or the things in which you have agreed and promised individuals that you are going to do. Yeah, I think you and I can both agree that there's a, a poverty of uh, civic education in South Africa, right? So many South Africans reading that, reading these promises, but not knowing whether to gauge whether this is uh, a legitimate promise or just a, a, a political party taking chances. I'll give you an example, for instance. 
um, one particular political party, its president saying, ah, the first thing we'll do when we get into power, if I become president, is I will suspend the constitution. Now, that's not impossible. That's not possible. It's legally impossible. There's nothing you can do to, to suspend the constitution. I'm like, okay, so how are you going to do it? And again, Gaten McKenzie of the Patriotic Alliance, he said, well, what we'll do is uh, we'll declare a state of emergency. Now, he's got no regard for how a state of emergency is declared. Of course, you need parliamentary support for that. But he has this very dreamy idea of what he will do with his strongman power once he becomes president. Many South Africans don't know that that's just not possible. They may think of mm. it as an attractive action that shows a decisive leader, but they just don't know that it's not really possible. Reading through manifestos, as many South Africans I hope will start doing in this election cycle, how, how can they tell impossible from impossibility? I, I think it's, it's the, the level of the details which is there, and sometimes which is not there at all. Um, you, you say to an individual, I'm going to engage in judicial reform, but you say nothing about the current status of what is happening right now and how exactly you are going to do that. So the minute you don't mention anything about 4RR so that there's easier access, the minute, the, the minute you don't mention anything about all the other stakeholders which are required when it comes to judicial reform, like your law enforcement agencies, the minute you don't say anything about the JSE and the manner in which it is composed, and why it is important that politicians are able to play a participatory role within the JSE, the minute you don't say anything about the injustices that have taken in, in that have happened in the past, so which is why you want to be conscious as to who exactly sits on the bench, and is that particular process reflective? Of the society that we, that we live in, someone who is very critical of that manifesto, who has a keen interest to what is happening within that particular uh, in uh, sector, will then come back and say, "This political party is selling me pies in the sky." It's something which cannot be attained, most importantly, because they are not even telling us as to how they are going to re engage in that particular reform. And the one question I always ask myself is. Political parties are in existence as we speak now, and they're going to contest elections. And yet, if we look at the manner in which they've been doing things, there are very little projects or campaign that have been running, leading towards the, to what they are prom promising us to do. So then the question is, are you waiting up until you are in power so that you can display and show me what exactly you can be able to do? And if you are going to do that, how can I trust you that you are going to engage in this particular process? Activism, it's something that can be done without requiring a lot, a, lot, a lot of money if you are going to be very vocal about the things that are supposed to be there. There are legislative changes and bills which are currently out there. And if you look into those particular bills, you must then ask yourself this question. How many political parties are going to say, because we are not in parliament at the moment, we want to make sure that our voice is heard when it comes to this particular bill. We want to make sure that when it comes to a level of accountability, we play that role before we're even in parliament. Or are they engaging in, in a process of saying, engage in a wait and see process, vote we'll vote us in first, and then after we've been voted in, then you can be able to see our capabilities. It can't be that you can't buy a car at a dealership that is going to you are going to test drive at a later stage because what happens when that particular car is not functioning in a manner in which it ought to function it you cannot take it away that means you are stuck with it for the next five years so that is how i view manifestos in terms of saying show me the nitty-gritties show me the comprehensive uh, details of how things ought to be you, you have websites you have uh, uh, large information uh, sources that you can i can be able to engage and read if i have those then maybe you can be able to say my word from quite is now yeah and that level of engagement in south africa seemingly doesn't happen at that level we don't 
ask these critical questions. Um, but should you should you then have these sorts of questions? How do you translate them into the comparative, right? Because you can't you, you, now you're not just talking about asking one particular party that question. It's about comparing mm-hmm. across the competition of political parties, which offers the best possible answer to that. Um, and that's how you start making your evaluation about which party is taking you serious on this and which is not. That comparison. Um, across the competition of, of uh, the electoral competition. Um, how do you then make that evaluation in that context? I think you then move to say, because I'm not going to, give, going to get the type of answers in which I'm looking for, let me look look at the, at the core um, or essential elements in which uh, or, or, or things or things that you are going to fight about on my behalf. For example, let's look at what, what's your take when it comes to the economy, what's your take when it comes to empowerment, what's your take when it comes to the judiciary, what's your take when it comes to the land. Are you even recognizing that there are certain injustices that took place in the past, or do you want to turn a blind eye to that and simply say, we are all going to start in an equal footing? What's your take when it comes to corruption? As stated earlier, as I'm hearing what your take is, show me the initiatives that you've done thus far to make sure that you're able to move in that, in that correct direction. Don't wait up until you're in office before you're able to come in and tell me or show me the innovative things in which you are going to engage in. And the one thing in which they, 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 they seem to forget is that there's a very lack of, of consultation with the, with the various regulatory bodies that are there, with the various industry players that are there. It's very rare to find a political party that is going to going to state. I want to go and speak with legal professionals, with accountants, with medical doctors, as I want to hear what their plight is, so that when I'm writing my manifesto, I'm going to write something which speaks to them. There's always a presumption that this is what they are looking for and this is how things ought to be, and that's where they get it wrong, and they, which is why sometimes it does not speak to what an ordinary individual on the street is actually looking for. Mm. If you that engaging in a proper consultative process and say, I want to be able to, to, to grow the lens, the lens and breadth of, of South Africa. Where my posters are, I must have spoken to some of the individuals that are there. Whether it is, it is a church or a stock fell, I want to hear what the individuals are crying about so that I'm able to deal with their situation as we move along. What you may find is that some of them are actually in need of help that can be obtained much, much easier. If you engage in that particular process, then you can be seen as, as, as being a political party that is responsive to the people's needs, and you may increase your chances of being voted for. But for me, they don't engage in that particular quantitative process, which is why they're giving us manifestos that don't speak to the type of problems that we are facing. Yeah. And just lastly, and, 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 and you alluded to this in, 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 in essence, right, where you say as a political party, you must you, you shouldn't have to wait until you have... Um, powers bestowed upon you to exercise or to demonstrate your your willingness to to deliver or your capabilities to exercise. But historically in South Africa, small political parties have always faced the criticism from bigger political parties, particularly the ANC and the Democratic Alliance, telling us that Mm. small political parties shouldn't be given a chance because they have no governance experience. Right. If experience is the benchmark for which we use to vote for people, then no political party who has never been in government should ever be considered or voted for. And that stifles any sort of democratic change. Right. Um, And in in that essence, how much of that criticism carries carries weight and should carry weight? I, I think the counter to that would be, well, it's not about the governance 
experience that you are looking for is the, is the ability to, to provide to problems, to solve the problems in which you are currently facing. So if I can be able to show you that I can identify the problem, provide a solution that is quick and be able to speak to your needs, that's exactly what you need in order for me to be there because I can govern and I can govern in a way in which is is, is not that good and does not assist me at, at, at the moment. Yeah. If you look at the two political parties that you've alluded to, some may say there are certain things that they've done well, some certain things that they've completely failed in doing and, and, and it's only and it doesn't assist anyone that they've been in power for so many years because nothing not, nothing is changing at the moment. So if you are going to focus at the, the, the solving the problem that I'm finding or solving the problem that I'm currently experiencing, then that is when you're going to start to experience the manner in things or that's when you're going to start, people, people are going to start believing in you and saying, this is where I can see the light and these are the people that I should follow. Yeah. Give us a call. I'm taking your reaction to the 086-000-2032. 086-000-2032. I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Politicians and political parties are often said to lie, right? Or at least not uh, to lies per se, but to make promises that um, they have no intention of following through. And so many South Africans have an attitude, rightfully so sometimes, that says, I don't need to read this manifesto because even if I do, none of the stuff they say in there, they truly mean or they'll truly carry out. Why then should South Africans care to read a manifesto document? It it, it gives a, a, a glimpse of um, all that particular part of promise that this is what you have promised me or let's let's change it and say when i want to hold you accountable the next time you come and do a door-to-door campaign i'm going to say to you in your manifesto you promised us to do one two three four five you have failed in doing so why should i trust you again because you failed to provide what you have promised in the, in, in in the earlier place so it also gives us sort of a, a, a detailed terms of references to say this is what the problem that we're facing and this is what you you've promised us to do in places that you have done well well i'm going to say congratulations you have continued doing so but in instances or in places in which you've completely failed then i must come back and say to you well i i, do, I don't think that you've you've done uh, exactly what you ought to do but if we are honest as south africans many of the voting lines or the the the, the voting patterns in which we engage in are less likely about what the manifestos are saying, but they are more according to the historical historical political parties that you are in, in, engaging in, the manners in which some of the individuals have been treated in, in the long-existing political parties, some full of hatred, saying, I don't want this, want this person to be in power. So it's very rare, or there are some instances in which people are going to vote not because they've looked at the manifesto and said these people are offering something which is good. They are simply going to go there and say, I'm voting because I simply like them. Or some may come in and say, I do not trust any new individual that is going to come in. I've seen this individual or this particular political party being there, the changes that they've made. And I think if they continue to stay in power, they might be shaken up by the decrease in the number of votes that they have, but they're doing something for us as we speak. Yeah. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Mpulele uh, Sigalala, legal analyst, and I'm taking your reactions to this. Give me a call, 86 0032032086.